So do we want to talk about Into the Sun? Let's talk about Into the Sun. Episode 18, Into the Sun. Hit it off. Hit it. Hit it. <sighs> Somehow a more forgettable and also less forgettable title than the last one. Yeah, I'm remembering this like one. Like this one at least has some kind of meaning to more it. More easily. Does it yeah. though? It does. Yeah, well, I mean, because like it, really it takes to place Japan. in like, Japan. It literally has the Japanese flag. Like, oh, oh like, okay, I guess. That's what the end of the sun is. All right. At the very Hello. end of the movie, he does literally walk into the sun as it okay, moves very, very dramatically towards him. <laughs> I um, I can't even say that I didn't like this one. Hey, I, we haven't started talking about it. Oh, Jesus. What? We haven't even, hey, we haven't even given the, the, the intro yet. Well, whose fault is that, Zach? Yeah. But you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom Tom. Hello, and welcome to movies. This one, Into the Sun. <laughs> Not a very good movie, I think. No, you're right. My name is Zachary. Mm, I'm Aaron. I'm Hans. I have opinions. We, I have opinions, too. Uh, bad ones. Um, this one is Into the Sun. Yeah. Welcome to episode 18 of Steven C. It All, where Steven Seagal, question mark, returns to his ancestral homeland, question mark, of Tokyo, Japan, <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Should I just dive right in, or is there anything we want to say before we... Um, I, I want to give, so because I've just been holding this in all day since I watched this movie. My First general, ju- I'm just going to give my very general impression. That's all I'm going to say. I did not hate this. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was that bad. If it came on TV on like, I don't watch TVs, the FX channel still around. They show like crappy action movies. Mm-hmm. If it came on in the background, I wouldn't change the channel. Like, I didn't hate this at all. Weirdly, I agree with you, but I think for a different reason. My slightly less general reaction is I similar to Aaron but specifically that I think it had a very slow like a very not fun like first two thirds and then the last third actually I kind of enjoyed enough that it could potentially make up for it mm-hmm. um and similar to Aaron talking about his dad like if you were a 17 year old in like the 80s or 90s maybe you'd like this yeah I actually think if you were in like eighth grade in like the year 2007 and you watch like Naruto and Inuyasha like every chance you got, <laughs> you might you you can maybe convince that version of Zach that he he thought this movie was pretty alright. Um, so you know maybe it's just for a different era. I'm speaking of actually, this is from 2005. So that's not, if I watched this when it came out, I might have actually liked this. I just realized because this is from 2005. <laughs> oh, that's a oh that's a weird feeling. Okay, <laughs> if I watch this not in theaters, but when it hit DVD or whatever. Let's do a synopsis. Because I think I need a synopsis. Okay. Into the sun. Into the I sun. Need to, I need to think for a second. Um, Into the sun opens with b- the opening scene from Tropic Thunder. <laughs> and that does not factor into the plot at all, as far as I can tell. Uh, uh, Correct me uh, if I'm wrong. It sort of does. A character from the opening scene does come back later. In like oh, a totally okay. different role in the oh, okay. narrative, like he exists in the opening scene, but the fact that he has this prior relationship with Seagal from the opening scene of the movie factors in not at all to the story. <laughs> okay. It is just the same character from that previous scene. It could have been a new character introduced halfway through this movie and it wouldn't have changed anything, but he is in the opening scene for some reason. 
I'm inclined to agree with you because I didn't even realize that it was the same guy coming back later. We so learned nothing in this character. opening sequence at all. Yeah, they are in... Myanmar. Is it Myanmar? Okay. They're elephants. Um, but again, this doesn't have to later. Really, the movie starts after a very long title sequence that really seems to be like stretching out for time. Um, okay. Did anybody the... notice during this opening sequence, the music loops... <laughs> yeah no i swear i think they did this title sequence in it's two minutes and they're like uh we need to stretch it out a bit you know <laughs> like Make it feel worth it you know the opening the title sequence music is on a loop <laughs> yeah it just starts over and it's just like meaningless like vaguely like you know american understanding of like japanese like graphics like art like that's all it is and yakuza tattoos yeah, yeah so okay we need to we are not going to spend quick, this much quick, time on the description quick of this. Quick plot synopsis. Quick plot synopsis, and then we can dive well, that's into good, our because thoughts. Because I think we all have a lot synopsis. to say. This plot synopsis, I, I um, so I'm going to rush through because a, a lot of this, I'm just like, my mind is <laughs> flowing right through it. Um, the governor of Tokyo is assassinated. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way. Uh, <laughs> that the ends up FBI, not mattering very quickly. No, not really. You know, Again, again, like both opening scenes don't actually matter. But the FBI asks the CIA's Tokyo office to investigate the killing because they, they think the Yakuza is involved. And so the CIA sends a guy that doesn't speak Japanese at all and Steven Seagal. That's their... He, they say, I need you to send a guy. And he goes, I think I know a guy. And neither one... I can't figure out which one's supposed to be the guy because neither one of these is the guy. Um... <laughs> I feel bad because it's just a bunch of stuff happens. There's like an up and coming kind of uh, Yakuza guy that's trying to like take over, like, yeah. you know, make a bunch of money selling drugs. So he's Heroin. like uh, teaming up with the Chinese triads, but like the kind of the old, more older school Yakuza, they're like not a fan of this. Um, Steven Seagal's buddy that he's with that doesn't speak any Japanese at all is like a rookie and Seagal like literally doesn't want to spend any time with him so they are not even buddies in this movie like they see no. twice before the dude dies spoiler alert the dude dies and um, all he tries to do is get rid of him right he says like just go recon this and the guy recons it and Seagal's like you didn't recon it the way I would if you get killed it's not on me and then the guy gets killed <laughs> they're calling for this investigation and then Seagal does not care about this investigation at all because then his scenes after like in the middle are just him proposing like getting a fiance this gal who is way too young for him this japanese gal that i guess but they have some history but he proposes to her it's dumb they have you'll watch movies where they'll say like you'll read reviews where people say like oh these characters have like no on screen chemistry and then when i watch them like i don't know like they were you know they're acting but it's like mm-hmm. It wasn't great, but it's fine. These characters have no on-screen chemistry. No on-screen chemistry and no scenes prior to the one where they get quote-unquote engaged where they have any interaction. Um, they interact like for a total of 10 seconds. (laughs) Okay, maybe there was something, but like there's no... no, I got to the engagement scene, and I'm like, is this the first he's talking to this girl? I had to go back and find. There were, like, two that, scenes that were each, like, five seconds each. That okay. was my thought. I thought I, I saw this. He says, do you accept my proposal? And she says yes. Well, she doesn't say yes. Something's dubbed over her voice that says yes. Yeah. Okay, and then wait. I thought, who who is this woman? Where is this coming from? Why is this happening in the she middle of this movie? Question. I have a question. Are you going to ask if it was actually dubbed or not? My version of the movie. Oh. Half of this movie is in Japanese. There are no subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. No, that... Yeah. Okay. There's yep. just dialogue. We just don't know. That's fine. Okay. But her... I actually couldn't... 
tell it was very it was very weird every time she was talking i couldn't tell if it was like dubbed the entire time i, I went or, through like, half like, of this movie not understanding what anyone was saying was she speaking english or is she speaking japanese she was speaking japanese the entire time oh okay so our version was definitely dubbed yeah i i had maybe, with that's, maybe japanese that was the problem. Problem. awful act for everyone i want i was gonna say that this uh woman um playing his uh then fiance um uh kanako yamaguchi um i was gonna say that she is very bad in this but i'm sure it's not her fault somehow i, I guess i think can't really i'm gonna say her voice actress is very bad but also probably not her fault yeah. i assume well, she was just given like no context wait, lines and just had to almost all the characters with, like, no swap emotion. back and forth between japanese and english a bunch of times and at weird moments and half the conversations are one person speaking english and another person speaking Japanese, but they're still having a conversation with one another. It's like another? Star Wars logic. It's like when Han Solo talks to Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, but it doesn't... You have, like, sometimes where Steven Seagal speaks English for an entire conversation, and then sometimes he speaks Japanese for an entire conversation. And he might be speaking English to someone else who's speaking Japanese, or he might be speaking Japanese to someone else who's speaking English. And it just Although didn't really make it sense. It sounds like potentially there's differences with different versions. Were you watching the Crackle version or something, Aaron? I was watching the version you can get on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Like, and I didn't notice any dubbing in this movie. Oh, maybe okay. Well, then maybe the, one, the maybe the version that I have is bad because there was a lot of dubbing. There yeah. were, from as far as I could tell. There was no dubbing in the version that I saw. Oh, interesting. So do you just have no idea what like his fiance said at any point in this movie? Never. Oh. <laughs> so okay. okay, no. So this is my experience. <laughs> okay, this is of the interesting. Movie. The, okay, the, my experience of the plot of this film was like, anytime something happened that I didn't understand, I just like assumed that that happened in a scene that took place entirely in Japanese <laughs> mm, or fair. Chinese. Like there are four languages spoken throughout this movie. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't just say ch- Japanese because I don't and know. I'm most of it is ignorant. Japanese. About, I would say, like half of this movie takes place in Japanese. Unlike previous Seagal films, uh, where like there are a bunch of people who speak a common language, which is not English, and they all just choose to speak English while there are no English speakers in the room, which is weird. This one is plays it a little bit more authentic and says, if there's nobody in this room who speaks English, well, then let's just speak whatever our local language is. Except the version that is available to me on Amazon Prime, there are no subtitles, no dubbing. Everything is in like the original okay, language. Okay, the version that Hans and I at least had had subtitles and had dubbing. The subtitles were wrong a lot of times. Yeah, no sub. There, there was never a single word of subtitles throughout the entire film. So oh, well, <laughs> oof. we had okay. So uh, we had very different uh, viewing experiences here. <laughs> so whenever anything happened, I thought I have no idea what's going on in the scene. My brain just assumed well that that must have been explained in one of the. To scenes. be fair, with the dubbing and subtitles, I was still for like the first two thirds of this movie, just like, do I know what's happening in the scene? I don't really care. Yeah. I was hitting the I was hitting the flow state hat. pretty heavy in this one. Good. Good to hear. <laughs> um but that's why I was like I'm gonna skip over a lot of this. He proposes to this gal. Um then she's killed. Sorry, very sad. Which I was um, kinda surprised, actually. I wasn't. Yeah, it didn't they're they're I mean, surprised. Like a lot of things in this movie, one of the biggest things that I have to say, it kinda happened for no reason. Oh yeah. So it was that they wanted like revenge on the. Well, it was done by my favorite character in this movie. Was it that cowboy hat Yakuza guy? I don't know anybody's (laughs) name. 
I did like Cowboy Hat, dude. I don't know anybody's don't name. Know He's just Cowboy Hat Yakuza guy. Except I do know that Steven Seagal's character's name was Travis. <laughs> <laughs> because why? <laughs> hey, everyone, I'm your middleest Seagal character, Travis. <laughs> um, But basically, now Seagal's like, okay, my partner died. I didn't really care. My fiance's dead. Now I'm mad. So I'm going to team up with this guy whose family was killed but i don't think he's a cia operative or anything i think he's just like a tattoo artist or something yeah he makes that. he does the tattoos for the yakuza oh uh, okay but um, he's all but he's also like formally trained in sword play they're all everybody yeah. is just assume everyone is a trained killer uh, but assume that seagal is actually the best because he's <laughs> he's the best at this he takes a couple hits in this movie which i was surprised actually he does, I think but he I thought I thought that we were in an era of Seagal where he's no longer allowed to be injured. But I was wrong, and I was happily surprised that a couple times in this movie, mm-hmm. he does take a hit. He does bleed a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that happens. Um, he still has people like who have been living in Japan their entire lives telling him about how much cooler he is and like how much better at like doing the stuff he is than like yeah. any of them because he grew up here when he was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's a much so, better you know, Japanese citizen than anyone who actually. Right grew up there um <laughs> so they go to raid uh the bad guys comp uh like compound which is in a temple uh this former student of uh was it seagal yeah uh one of seagal's former students also shows up to like help them like you know just in the nick of time to save the the tattoo guy um the tattoo guy gets then shot and seagal kills like the final boss well first he does kill he kills cowboy hat guy he then kill he kills Cowboy the hat guy in a pretty brutal fashion. Head of New York pretty brutal, but also really yeah. stupid fashion. <laughs> yeah, like just kind of bonking him, on, not like cutting through his head, but bonking him on the cow- like cowboy hat, like on his head with a sword, and then taking like this hair clip from his dead fiance because that's how he knows the guy killed his fiance. Anyway, um, it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> and then they he has a sword fight with this guy who's you know taking over you know New Yakuza Neo Yakuza uh, kills him of course, and then they just leave. And then the this gal from the FBI, I want to say, or CIA, yeah. CIA, this gal, she like organizes the team where she's called in, and they just like clean it up by actually making it a lot dirtier. They just like spray blue goo on everything, <laughs> so there's no fingerprints, no DNA, and they say, "Ah, oh, this she, ah, oh, whoever did this, they're good, like perfect clean job." <laughs> sure um, i thought they were gonna like blow it up or burn i thought the they were gonna the light ground. everything on fire nope i yeah. thought there were like a hundred things they could do that make more sense than spraying blue goo but that's well, what they because do. because spraying blue goo didn't make any sense they had to have a scene where some other cops or somebody come in later and the, the scene serves as the entire purpose of it is just for one guy to like put his fingers in this goo and say ah this was a good job no fingerprints and then the, also, that scene's a... over this is a small detail, but we're saying they're spraying blue goo. And listener, you may be picturing like a spray pattern. It's more like when you uh, get the Windex and you turn it to the jet. It's not the spray. Like they're spraying it down with blue goo, but they can't just like and hit a wall. They have to go like inch by inch. They have to, like, like this is taking it's, hours it's, of it's every like single body weapon. Like it's like, yeah, tight no, it stream. just it looks like an exterminator spraying for bugs or someone spraying for weeds. It's super weird. yeah. Uh, we're talking way too much about the blue goo scene. Shut up. Move on. Um, it doesn't <laughs> matter at all. The blue goo no. doesn't matter. It could, you could have skipped that whole scene. Nothing <laughs> would have changed. 
I would if not be sitting at the end of the movie like, like that though. So much when are they going to send the people to spray matter. the goo on the temple? What, what, where was that scene? <laughs> but that's the CIA's professional cleaning crew, apparently. apparently. I do like the one, the fun detail about that. One more th- thing about the blue goo. I like that they say something like, okay, like, you got to do it quick and perfect or something. And like the van, like the, the fake, like, <laughs> the company van they have is called, is called and clean and perfect or whatever. Fast and Beautiful, yes. You know you know the drill, Fast and Beautiful. And it's called, like, the fake company is Fast and Beautiful. That was kind of fun. Anyway, they're mourning the dead people, like, his dead fiance. See, Seagal is, like, hanging out in the park where, like, his he, he proposed to her. And, like, the sky turns orange and, like, the sun sets. And he, like, walks into the sun and the scene goes, like, way harder than it has any right to. It's, like, just insanely bodacious at the end. And I was going to make a comment about, like, bodacious. wow, craziest, like, bodacious. This, it goes, it f***ing shreds, dude. I have no idea why. I was going to make a comment, like, is this, like, the best, like, final shot of a Skull movie ever? But then it's, it's not the final shot. He's in his car and someone, you know, yes. he picks up the phone and they're like, guess who? And the movie ends. But I don't know if this is just me, but I'm like, okay, but who? I don't, there's nobody's voice in this movie i know enough am i supposed what? to know who that is okay okay so i think i'm okay i did totally <laughs> get this scene into the sun too and i kind of liked it i knew exactly who it was because throughout this entire movie there were only like three characters who spoke english so i knew their voices really well that last voice was cia agent block who was like the handler uh for this whole operation played by william atherton who you may recognize as the epa agent from ghostbusters <laughs> oh wait like peck walter peck walter peck oh i did not recognize so him this at all. whole like throughout the first like three quarters of this movie i'm like that they got a guy who looks a lot like walter peck like this is oh, amazing I didn't recognize him at all. that they got someone who looks like almost exactly like walter peck and so i looked it up and nope it is actually Okay, well, I'm glad you got it, because I was like, oh, that's kind of like a wild shot to end on, and then it's like in his car with his phone, and I'm like, I don't yeah. know, am I supposed to know who this is by voice alone? I don't care enough He didn't get a whole that. lot of screen time, so you don't hear his voice a lot, but if his words are the very small number of words throughout this whole movie that you right. understand, I latched onto them, like, immediately. That's fair. So that's I recognized his voice immediately. And that's the end of the movie, is that he says, Walter Peck says, guess who? That's the payoff. Yeah. They're setting up I into guess. the sun, too. Yeah. Sure. Did they make a sequel to this? No. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I would watch a sequel to this. It's got promise. <clears throat> so, I... Does it? it really, I think it does, honestly. I, I don't think it does, and the only reason I don't think it does is because I, this was such a nothing movie for me. What? I just... I didn't care. It was so boring. It's just you need to watch of... the version that I watched. See, <laughs> maybe that's the where difference. you don't understand any of the words. And you're not trying to make sense maybe, of anything. Maybe I was trying to focus too much on the dialogue, but everything that I watched this afternoon was like, it. You know, this happens for no reason, and then it goes to another scene that happens for no reason, and then it goes to another scene that happens for no reason, and then he gets engaged for no reason, and then his partner dies for no reason, and then he fights the bad guy for no reason. They display blue goo all over him for no reason. Okay, he fights the bad guy because he killed his fiance. There's one reason for one thing. <laughs> The, the bad guy didn't kill us. He fights that the cowboy, oh, no, cowboy hat guy because cowboy hat guy killed well, his fiance. But, but he, I, that doesn't have anything to do with why he's raiding the okay, complex. Hans, you have to understand that for to be fair, my understanding of like the last third of this movie was just that it's like the Archer Rampage episode. <laughs> like I know, like literally, like he finds out his fiance dies. His reaction is very muted because it's Sakal. He's just kind of like, oh, 
that's kind it's of it's not even thing, muted there is no reaction they tell him he this woman react. died and he just stares into the camera with the same blank half squint but in my that head he does they tell all him, the time so but in my head they tell him that she dies and i go rampage and i just picture like the two-part of rampage episode from archer I have so many thoughts about this movie, and I don't know how to organize them. I'm struggling to think about. I'm so, I'm struggling to express all my thoughts about this movie um, because I can't really organize them into a way that makes sense. So I just want to talk about like, okay, let's start on a really let's start on a meta level uh, because we've been talking about how Seagal has been just like this emotionless actor basically this entire time. Yep. Yeah. I think he acts better in Japanese. Um... Like it. My experience of this movie is that he is a better actor. <laughs> Zach's facial expressions are when he pretty is speaking on point Japanese, right now. This is I the think... most emotion that I've seen from him since Out for Justice. <laughs> it's not a whole lot. <laughs> but it's much more. Like he actually yells in this movie. Zach, uh, Aaron, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I'm, I'm standing by my, my position. I think it's just more obvious when he's acting poorly in a language you understand. <laughs> that, I, mean, I don't that think might he's be a better actor in Japanese. I was thinking if he's speaking Japanese and I don't understand Japanese, maybe that, that might be a huge part of it. It's the, we, don't, we, can't, we can't actually hear the bad inflection. Right. Well, so like uh, this. Except, okay, in- I will say though, maybe my favorite Seagal line delivery was in Japanese. So, okay, actually, no, I'm wrong. Aaron, you have a point. You're onto something here. <laughs> okay, thank you. Because <laughs> there's a point when when the the gal shows up at the end to like help him out with the sword fight, and he's just like, "I told you not to come here, Baka." Like he just call- he just like says Baka, so frustrated. Baka and I was, I'm like, okay, we have full weeb Steven Seagal. Okay, we have weeb so Seagal. like okay. that is my favorite like thing he's ever said. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be vulnerable here let's talk about how this how i was thinking about anime this entire time yeah um, what <laughs> i did at one point think this like this is like the steven seagal anime i did have like the... so there's a yeah. phenomenon um everyone in who like watches anime and things and like cares about anime there's this big argument about like subtitles Ew, versus dubbing subs versus dubs right yeah i am very much in the in the category of subs i much prefer subtitles over dubbing okay. and the reason for that is that it's for those not in the debate aaron is choosing what i generally see as the quote-unquote like correct answer amongst the weeb community yeah so because you maintain the original japanese audio so you get a lot more of like the texture of what they're saying but there's also you get the emotion you get more of the emotion there's also uh just the fact that when something is expressed in a language that you don't understand and all you get is the uh, like emotionality and the inflection of things. Mm-hmm. Then you you just kind of naturally fill in all the blanks. And so, in my experience, it always, almost always, I should say, feels more dramatic. Being in a language I, would, I don't uh, understand. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. So I'm just gonna tweak what you said initially, yeah. then, because I agree with what you're saying instead of steven seagal is a better actor in japanese versus like english just mm-hmm. that you prefer steven seagal sub not dub i yeah like i prefer, do but well, like the dub is just him speaking all, english so i had neither uh, <laughs> but like in general like for the reason people prefer sub over dub you almost like just prefer him in japanese not being able to fully understand him than like yeah. him speaking english because anyway. my I, like my and brain can't understand just, when he speaks english lines. you say nonsense anyway you <laughs> like say my... like nonsense in like a weird voice anyway i was giving 
like my brain was automatically giving the benefit of the doubt. Right. Steven Seagal is his own four kids dub. <laughs> Steven Seagal is the four kids dub of Steven Seagal. Like, I okay, so like we're, we were talking about uh, Cowboy Hat Guy, which I want to talk about Cowboy Hat Guy. He was my favorite character in this movie by far. Um, he was kind of awesome, actually. Uh, but when Seagal kills Cowboy Hat Guy for killing his fiance, he actually, Seagal actually like yells, which I don't think we've seen him like we've actually... heard him i think at one point hans pointed out that he goes like Erp! but like that's the closest he's coming to <laughs> like we don't see him emote and yeah. i don't know why but watching this movie and this may be way off base i just got the impression that he was more comfortable working with japanese actors and working in a japanese environment than in hollywood that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I do... Like, he just looked I, more we, comfortable We touched on this, this briefly. Like, so this is not in real life. He did not grow up in Japan, no. you know, Tokyo, Japan as a kid. He was born in Lansing, Michigan. But he did, like, spend a chunk of his life in Japan. Yeah. I was kind of a bit surprised that it took this long. It took until 2005 for him to have a movie yeah. like, set in Japan. That was actually filmed in Japan and featuring, like, a Japanese I cast. I mean, this is... What did we say? The eight, 17th or 18th episode? And we're yeah. finally... A movie set in, in Japan. Japan. I was surprised it took this long. My guess, my completely unfounded, absolutely false speculation is that he was just like waiting for all of his the family he abandoned, all of his kids to turn eighteen, so he wouldn't like <laughs> because if he went back to Japan earlier, they make him pay like child support. I don't think that's actually the truth, but that's like my head canon. But no, I like I I, I I get what you're saying. I don't think at any point while I was watching this, I came to that conclusion my own. Like, oh, he's so much better in Japanese. But like, well, I guess I should say I should phrase it this way. Sense. I had a better time watching Seagal act yeah. in Japanese than in English. I mean, to be fair, back in the Owen Daily Ground episode, I said that he his best acting was when he was covered head to toe in like a fireproof suit and you just saw his eyebrows. So <laughs> I think that's kind of in the same line. But I think this movie also falls into... I was At the end of this movie, I thought, if you replaced Seagal with a Japanese actor, would anything have changed? The movie would be so much better. That's what would have changed. <laughs> like, uh, oh my god, a mile so like the, better. The, the inciting incident. Are you kidding me? It would actually be a pretty decent movie. The, well, That's so I was thinking change. that at the end of this movie, like, okay, if if instead of the FBI, which has absolutely no jurisdiction in Japan, uh, instead of the FBI calling the CIA, which also doesn't have jurisdiction here on this particular case, to solve the murder of a governor by the yakuza so that's a, a japanese gang killing a japanese politician why is any american involved in this in any way like, there's no reason okay I for do... the same reason the yakuza is using american money in all of their counting scenes oh they did have one scene though where they did talk about exchanging yen for american money they very briefly did they really yes <laughs> <laughs> okay well then i guess they wrote it in somehow mm-hmm so I might, oh, Zach. I might be able to shed some light on this. Okay, good, please. And a little bit of research that I did. I'm not going to guarantee that this is why. Because I was um, confused. Because you could have just made this a Japanese agency, and it would have been the same movie, but better. Yeah. Oh, the thing is, when I was like, like I said, if I watched this like when it came out when I was in like like middle school or something, I probably if it was that if it didn't have skull in it, absolutely, I would have been all over this movie mm-hmm. in, in like my in those years. But I'm not sure if this is why. But I saw when I looked up this movie that 
a guy named Trevor Miller wrote the script for this. Yeah. Um, and it ended up in Along the with studio the determined. Well, that's what I'm going to. Okay. It was too similar to the script for another movie called The Yakuza. Oh, okay. That they just he wrote this and they just said, "Dude, that's we would have to like pay for the rights to this movie. <laughs> it would be like a remake for of this movie from 1974. It's that similar." So then Steven Seagal teamed up with a man named Joe Halpin, who was in real life a former undercover narcotics detective, mm-hmm. rewrote <clears throat> the script. So that's why it has like multiple writers on it. Oh, okay. Someone did an initial draft. It was too close. So they, they literally just wanted to do rewrites to make it less similar to this other thing. So they okay. wouldn't have to pay for the rights to remake this. Now I want to watch this other movie and see how it's just like this, but better. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the movie called The Yakuza from 1974. Like. It stars Robert Mitchum, Ken Takakura, and Brian Keith. Like, I'm okay. down to watch this. I'm actually somewhat interested. Okay. Um, but I think that maybe that explains some of the weirdness, because then they're like, okay, how do we, like, bring Seagal? Like, they're, of course, Seagal's involved, so he has to be, like, a CIA guy. So then, like, you know, that makes no sense. But, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't whatever. be surprised if some of those changes came about during that rewrites. But I yeah. haven't seen the original. I haven't seen this movie do a comparison. I can't fully say if that's what... But if there is weirdness with this script, it did have a weird script writing process. Well, that, okay, that makes sense. Not that I heard most of the script, but. Weirdly enough, it was theatrically theatrically released in Japan and then directed DVD in the United States. Okay. So it's actually, I was wondering this was directed DVD for us. I was wondering that, actually, because really? this was significantly better produced than previous yeah. direct video films that like this felt like a real movie it felt like a real movie like a low budget movie especially when you see like the scant cgi uh that happens like there's this shot of like a satellite in space for like half a second (laughs) (laughs) and like all this like spy kids looking like weird like when they (laughs) first show off the entire city of tokyo they just keep doing this like weird spy scanning stuff yeah Uh, it's so goofy i love it um like the whole city's divided into hexes and things uh yeah but it's stuff that makes no sense. Um, no, but it just felt much better produced than a direct-to-video movie. And there were, I don't know, there were just elements about this that felt like it was meant for a theatrical release. That's, I mean, I, I felt like, oh, this is like meant for a theatrical release. It doesn't feel like direct-to-video. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting to hear that it was theatrically released in one place, but not another. That make that un- That makes yeah. a whole lot of sense to me. Right. Yeah, so it does. Not, it's of the direct-to-video like... stuff we've seen so far, I think this is the best one. Oh, I don't think it's even close. This is the best one, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have Dunoir in it, my, but I mean, mind. it's okay. It has Cowboy <laughs> Hat guy. It does have Dunoir. Yeah. Um, I think technically on my... I actually went through my ranked list um, earlier today. I was kind of like reevaluating a little bit, and I still think technically I have like one or two direct-to-videos higher than this, because I have like the Patriot up there, because... The Patriot is like very bad, but kind of like at least semi well done. Well, and there were like weird parts of it that just I in particular like enjoyed, but I'm not gonna say it was actually good. But this was yeah, the vast majority of what we've watched in like recent years. This was uh, not recent years, um, in recent like weeks, <laughs> is, it's been better. I really just um, want him to stop starting his lines with so listen. I don't know that why that nice. bothers me so much, but it really does. Every single line, so listen, so listen. I hate it. Um, you know what I would like very much like him to stop. Existing? I would like him to stop writing <laughs> scripts where people yes, where people just tell him how great he is. <laughs> because stop I had the ego a little boost. 
I had a little bit of hope towards the start. Um, he's shopping. He goes to a store, which is called Japan Sword Registered. <laughs> Japan Sword Registered Trademark. Yeah. While he is shopping at Japan Sword Registered Trademark, he's speaking to this, like, this older... Right. He's speaking to this man, and he says, and they're like, ooh, this sword is so nice. It's, like, so expensive. And Seagal says, like, uh, I would pay, you know, so much more to have, you know, just a lesson from you. And I'm like, oh, Seagal, his character being a bit humble. I have a little hope. And then the next line, the guy goes, no, because, like, you're the absolute best that there ever was, ever is. And, you know, you're the greatest teacher of the sword. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, if you... Don't See, I missed all that because that scene was in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were just talking about a sword. Did you... <laughs> no, it's Seagal, of course, being told that he's the greatest and actually. The, and, okay, like, well, I mean, I should have like, assumed using, like but... katanas than like anyone in Japan. Um, I mean, that's yeah. a safe assumption in any Seagal scene. That's this even definitely... and soon after. And soon after that, you might not miss this one too. Someone says like, "Oh, what a surprise!" Like when they see him for the first time, they say, "Oh, what a surprise! You look younger and taller." And I said, I oh, forgot I about that. that was me. Like, <laughs> okay, like shut the absolute <laughs> up, please. <laughs> and yeah so that's what i would like to have stop is aaron honestly cool is. i wish i saw the movie that you saw yeah it sounds like it was a better time <laughs> it was a yeah, fun time with you on this. i thought it was pretty fun um no I, I there was one moment early on that just uh he goes to chinatown in tokyo and meets with like an old men i assumed a mentor they're speaking yep. chinese throughout this whole scene so I don't know what exactly they're talking about. I assume a mentor. He vanishes partway through the movie, by the way. Um, but he stands as like a, this old guy in Chinatown. He's Chinese living in Tokyo. And he stands as like a go-between between the Yakuza and the Triads. He mm, like go-between okay, the okay. two. Yeah. Uh, you know that guy? He has like a granddaughter or a niece or someone who walks out of the back room uh and this old chinese guy says see she's all grown up uh and this girl goes master and hugs seagal no absolutely not oh i forgot about no it's it's even worse because that seagal says she's gotten big and i was just like no (laughs) so i'm glad at least that this random fiance got introduced halfway through because i was very very I was unhappy worried. with the assumption I made about where this movie was going to go. I was very worried. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was awful. And <laughs> Man, it when to... it gets to the point where you're thankful for the random love interest right. to be introduced in the middle of the movie. <laughs> uh, oof, dodged a bullet. No, I'm, like, he said that. I just went, no, you leave you leave her alone. That there is a child. You're a creepy old man. Get out of here, Seagal. Oh, man. Yeah. It was pretty rough. Um... But yeah, I mean, I think my my viewing of this movie was pretty enjoyable because I, I mean, like again, I understood only like yeah maybe a third of the actual words spoken. No, you probably had the most enjoyable experience out of all of us. Yeah. So like, I, I can talk definitely. about background stuff and like I think fun little cultural things that were thrown in here. Uh, so like, I mm-hmm. noticed that there were a couple of characters who like constantly had uh, like earbuds in. Uh, so this movie was made in 2005. The iPod, the iPod, uh, was released in 2001. So it was like a very, it was a pretty new thing. 
And there are a couple of like the new Yakuza, the young guys, like always have earbuds in and they're like missing conversations and stuff. Um, <laughs> so like a couple okay, times, is this also one of the Yakuza bosses will come over and like rip the earbuds out of their ears. Is that also for the same reason why there's this one random scene where these two dudes are talking, like two of the Yakuza guys are talking, and they keep just cutting back to this like sharper image, like robot dog, like for no reason. <laughs> oh, because it was like, 2005. They say something and the dog reacts. Like I remember, what? so we're we're getting to the point now where like I have solid memories yeah. of this time in history. I wanted yeah. one of those. I know, but I'm just like they keep cutting. I guess it's just like I was like, 11 now in 2020. I wanted in one. 2023. They they keep again. I probably when this movie came out. What I thought it was cool. Oh, hey, there's the sharper image robot dog that I want. But they keep coming back to it. I'm like, the thing doesn't actually understand and respond to you. Like, no. why are you having to react to these guys? It had nothing to do with the scene either. It was the and they like, if they just cut to it once, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it's in 2005 and this was like cool at the time. But they cut back to it like five times. And it's not a real dog. I did like, as much as I... I, I still I, I I didn't really like this movie. It was okay. I like you said I wouldn't turn it off if it came on like cable TV. But for me, this is a pretty like nothing movie. It it, it happened I to me and that was fine. fine. I was in the flow state. I again I think if I had watched the movie you watched, I would be in, I would agree with you. Can I? But unfortunately, I didn't. The one positive thing I have to oh. say is that all of the Yakuza guys' outfits were phenomenal. I, I was just about oh, to say, one of my yes. notes, all these Yakuza guys have crazy drip. Like, they're... <laughs> they, every single awesome. one was better than the last, and they all kept improving as they changed throughout the movie. Yeah, throughout the movie, like, uh, all the, like, new Yakuza guys, all the, like, young, up and, like, up-and-coming Yakuza guys have a new outfit in, like, every scene. <laughs> and <it's>, each <laughs> one is a little bit crazier guys. than the one before it. Yeah, they are quirked up Yakuza boys goaded with the sauce, one hundred percent. Like the main young Yakuza guy, like late in the movie, he steps out of a car. He's wearing a white suit with like a fishnet shirt and a fur <laughs> coat over everything, <laughs> like a fur coat hanging off his shoulders. He doesn't have his arms through the sleeves because he's too cool for that. It's just this <laughs> massive fur coat hanging off his shoulders. Oh my the gosh! And he's always smoking even... a cigarette. <laughs> wasn't even an outfit, but there's these two dudes that gun someone down, and, like, one of them has, like, a mohawk, and one of them has, like, spiked hair going in, like, all directions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can I talk about some of the things that I... There are some random things that stuck out to me that I liked in a yeah, similar go for way. It. Go for it. Um, I liked... This was the second time a PlayStation 2 has appeared in a Steven Seagal film, fun facts. Yeah. Uh, Where? In the Assassin hideout. The hitmen that the Yakuza hire, they have, yeah. like, a, an apartment that's, like, yeah. all spray-painted and crappy. 2. They just hang out there and, and play And weirdly enough, actually... I completely enough, actually, missed the like, PS2. They seem to be accurate so far. Every time one shows up, I'm like, oh, that's actually like a PS2 game. Like, sometimes, you know, they have them holding a PS2 controller and then they're playing like an Atari 2600 game or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weirdly enough, a small attention to detail is like, oh, the guy in like the prison in half Past Dead was actually playing like a golfing game that was like, I think was like really on the PS2. Yeah. Anyway, there were these two random kills that like deserve to be in a better movie almost. There's one where this guy, like, he, like, <laughs> chops off his pinky, and they're, like, having him join or whatever, and then they're, like, actually, it's like, JK, we're gonna kill you. Uh, I yeah. have bigger Well, I have a problem with that, with that. But, okay. but the part that I like is when they kill him, like, they're in this, like, office, like, this, with, like, glass walls and stuff, and they don't, like, show him dying. The camera, the like, pull, like pulls back and pans mm-hmm. behind this frosted glass, and he gets shot, so you just see, like, the blood, like, hitting the frosted glass. Yeah. yeah. And it was, like, weirdly artsy. The problem is right before that, when he's cutting off his pinky um i just sent a screenshot he very clearly <laughs> when they show him cutting off his pinky you just see his like knuckle like they didn't even put enough blood to cover it 
So you can tell he very clearly did not cut off a pinky. So like one of the like cheapest, like crappiest <laughs> shots is then followed by one of the coolest ones. And they do something again later <laughs> on during like this final raid um, on like the temple. Seagal's like in a room. This guy like stabs the sword through the paper wall. Seagal like grabs the guy's arm and then stabs the sword back through it and like kill, like you know hits him in the gut. So again, you like just get the blood splattered yeah. on this like yeah. translucent wall without actually seeing it. And those are actually pretty cool kills. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like basically, I, get on board with I, that. I thought like the whole final castle assault was actually yeah. pretty yeah. rad. <laughs> everything, so the... <laughs> everything up until the guy, the the main boss, the uh oh, the tattoo guy walks into the main boss's room with a sword, and the main boss just shoots him. I thought which, that was really funny. Admittedly, no, that was really funny. That was good. I like that. You're walking into the guy's office with a sword, and he just shoots you. Like I like that. <laughs> And then Seagal walks into the same office with a sword, and he doesn't shoot him. <laughs> and then they have a sword fight, and that irritates well, Okay, that's dumb, but I'm with Aaron on this one, because, like, this is how I realize just how easy I am to please. Like, if I watch this in, like, middle school, I would totally thought it was cool, because he, like, we've had several sword fights. I think, like, you know, the first one I ever saw was in Marked for Death. Like, we yeah. haven't really been impressed with any of these sword fights. I'm not going to say I was impressed with this one, but, like, the actual, like, the final kill, good. when he takes out the big bad, and he just, like, slices the dude, and just, like, a jet stream of blood comes out, I was like, yeah, actually, cool. okay. That was, that was well done. That was cool. That was just bloody and fun yeah. and goofy, and that's, if this movie was more of that, I would like if- this movie. Oh, and there's, like, during the Castle Assault, uh, Mai Ling, played by Pace Wu, who I think did a pretty good job in this movie. I really liked her character. Yeah, she's in this movie for very little, so... Yeah, she's in very little of this movie. Uh, but she shows up at the very end to help in the final assault, uh, like, in the final storming of the castle. Uh, she's the the one to whom Seagal says, Baka, even Baka. though she's Chinese, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and so there's one scene where she goes into a room, and there are, like, three or four goons in there. Including like one of the top dog, like one yeah. of the right hand man. So the main bad guy, the main yakuza bad guy, has two guys. There's cowboy hat guy, and there's like Japanese like businessman guy. Yes, okay. with the glasses. Uh, and she goes into this room, and there's the businessman guy with the glasses, and like two or three other goons. And then the fight, like the camera, mm-hmm. is above. So you have like this square box of the room, and it's her going around the room, and like a. It's right. not the whole fight. It would have been cool for the whole fight, but I understand it's not it's not high art film, whatever. It's not Kill Bill. It's not John Wick Chapter 4. But it's not John Wick Chapter 4. But parts <laughs> of this fight scene are filmed from above, so you see everybody moving, and yeah. I thought that was just really well done. Also, it was a not a perfect execution of it, but pretty also, good. It was. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing because it... For whatever reason, to me, that shows that whoever choreographed that scene actually had a good idea of where to put everybody and yeah. how to move them in the right at the and right like time. Like the choreographer was talking to the cinematographer, was talking to the director. Like everyone, yeah, and it just cared. shows that there was a a lot more going on behind the scenes other than like you know the the quick cutaways from shot yeah. to shot to shot to shot of like really close up action sequences that we're used to with Seagal. Because he can't do that stuff. And weirdly enough, I can't say why I like this. Because we've had in the past like characters that are just like, 
absolute pervs and every time i'm like this is gross but the dude with the glasses is like a freak like he's just like a weird sicko perv and it was the funniest thing so you might have missed all this dialogue this is probably you probably didn't get this <laughs> i missed the whole all time she's this. fighting the dude like she was... i did i'm this characterization of glasses guy okay well at least with the totally version we had she walks in with the sword and he's just like oh you're like gonna turn me on or something and they're like fighting and the whole time he's just like "Ooh, maybe a little kiss like he's just being like a creepy like perv dude the entire time no and it's so funny that. like i was actually having a good time with that whole fight including like weird creepy perv like businessman but i just <laughs> realized you didn't that. get any of wow. that oh my gosh it was like my favorite part no. of the fight i mean i think that's a, a fine price to pay for not having to hear the rest of that's the dialogue right. um it would have been weird if that one scene were dubbed or something. They want to make just sure you get that just one. original. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, like, <laughs> type out and, like, send you a transcript. So I forget exactly what he's saying. But it's just a bunch of stuff like that. He's just like, ooh, you're, you're a spicy one. Ah, here you are. Oh, when Seagal cut, so they, when they first, the first room, they walk into the entrance room. And there are two goons, like, guarding the front door. Seagal cuts a guy's yeah. arm off. Oh, okay. Just like that, I really jet liked. stream of blood coming out. And he's like <laughs> screaming for a whole. And they just minute. like they like they seem screaming. They just like keep walking. Like they don't even do like the, you know the oh yeah. stab him in the back after he's down. Like they just like leave him. Yeah, no. yeah. It's like the guy. Um, oh, was it out for out for justice? The guy that gets his leg yes. blown clean off by a shotgun. They don't kill him either. Oh, they leg, just let him keep rolling around jerk, screaming in the background. Blew up my leg. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I did like I that. I would not want to rewatch this movie, but I would skip ahead and like rewatch this final scene in full sincerity. It was I, really good. Yeah. I in, um, actually very much enjoyed it. Uh, out of Reach. I described that movie just like if I were to describe it as one sentence, I would say it's just dumb jerks doing nothing that matters until you get one passable gunfight and then an incredibly weird pseudo samurai showdown with a chest living pedophile. This isn't quite that, but this is like just <laughs> dumb jerks doing nothing that matters for no reason. Um, until you get actually a pretty solid like final you know raid compound battle um and a like a better yeah. samurai showdown with a guy who i'm not sure his feelings on chess or pedophilia but like like a pretty cool like samurai <laughs> showdown between them probably negative on imagine, both honestly like to believe. just from what yeah. i know about this character um chess is for nerds and pedophilia absolutely but not. then they actually have a pretty a much better sword <laughs> fight so it is this is the better version yeah. of out of reach I guess, I in guess. a way. It feels like we're going to hit the point where a lot of these movies like are the same plot. This is, you know, out of reach in Poland. This is out of reach in Japan. This is out of reach in Russia. Like, you know, maybe they're going to be the same thing. So get used to it. They'll just be different flavors of the same thing. I want to, and I'm sorry, I don't have timestamps for this. I guess if I really wanted to, I could go looking for it's fine. a timestamp. Um, there was one shot that I thought, okay, just freeze frame this and I can build a movie around it, which is a much more interesting movie and a much more beautiful movie. And it's when he, Seagal first walks into the Pachinko mm-hmm. Casino. The lighting is totally different. Mostly it has to do with the lighting. Seagal is walking directly toward the camera. He's surrounded by these Pachinko machines and there's this really harsh overhead lighting that is just radically different from the rest of the movie uh and it feels so oppressive and sad like it could be a shot from a drama about an american living in japan and dealing with 
like yakuza stuff and violence that he's oh, I thought this was gonna be, i thought it was gonna go a different there. direction like there's gonna be some lost in translation like a drama about like a guy like losing love but in in your version in your version of the movie he still plays the yakuza which i appreciate like you could keep yeah. a lot of elements from it but i want it to be shot like that one scene just this one shot of Seagal walking directly toward the camera under this really, really harsh lighting in this pachinko casino run by the Yakuza. Yeah, there's like uh, random... It was like, actually... One really yeah. beautiful frame, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's like the the kills that I pointed out. Like, there's some parts actually look good. Like, you know, the sword yeah. like, going to the ceiling. Like, there was mm-hmm. competent work in the director, director of photography, like, choreographer. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of pachinko, yeah. I will also... There is another kill that I really like. Um, it reminds me a lot of the video game Sleeping Dogs. Criminally underrated video game Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> I was thinking about Sleeping Dogs a lot during this. Yeah, well, because I mean, he's literally fighting the triads. Um, spoiler alert: one of my you know things you should watch instead uh, prompts would just be you should play the game Sleeping Dogs instead. Um, but anyway, at one point he like punches a dude like into like a pachinko or like a patchy slot machine or something. Or he like I can't remember. He punches or kicks yeah. or pushes or something. He just like throws a guy into like the machine. And it, like, you know, starts ringing the, the noises and, like, the, the like, it's, like, you know, the same gag as if you, like, you know, hit, hit a guy into Little the slot machine bearings. and, like, you know, it starts spitting out the coins. Like, he kicks him into, like, the patch slot machine and starts, like, spitting out, like, all the balls. And, I like, that gag is actually pretty funny because it reminded me a lot of, like, in Sleeping yeah. Dogs when you could just get the environmental kills. Man, I want to go play some Sleeping uh, Dogs. I would have. If you told me, would <laughs> you rather watch this movie again or play, like, an hour and a half of Sleeping Dogs? I don't even care if, like, you give me the first hour and a half and it's, like, you know, the kind of, like, unskippable tutorial mission. I'll still take Sleeping Dogs. Which, speaking of, the romance, specifically him and his fiance, this was, like, maybe his most, like, video gamey feeling movie so far. Because I kept, I kept yes. thinking Sleeping Dogs. Like, it in felt General very much Triads, like a video game. But with him and his fiance, it, it just felt like in one of those games when, like... Like, some games have a fully fleshed out romance feature, like, you know, your personas with your friendship meters, your Mass Effects, where, you know, you have all these conversations and build up to it over time. But then there are some games, which, admittedly, good game, but Sleeping Dogs does this, where you just, like, have three different (laughs) potential love interests, and, like, there isn't really a romance mechanic, you can just go on, like, dates with them, and it's, like, three missions with, like, three cutscenes in total, and, like, that's the end of it. Like, it's not a fleshed out romance with Emma Stone's character, because they were paying for Emma Stone. You're just told, hey, this so, is your girlfriend now, and you say, you okay, like meet her, I guess so. And in like one cutscene, you like show her like your stomping grounds in another cutscene, you like go on a date with her in another cutscene, like that's it. With him and his fiance, it very much felt like that. Like they have one conversation, they have another conversation, and then they have like the you get like the proposed like button prompt. Like it just felt like a yeah. very not yeah. fleshed out like romance. They just like threw it in oh, there they, to have a Yeah, he talks out. to her and then he gives her the right yep. gift. because uh, he like looked up the guide on the wiki. Yeah, he found out <laughs> oh, she likes his hair clip that a geisha wore. Like, so yeah. that part, like the whole thing, felt pretty video gamey in general. But like, it felt very video gamey, like with this like video game tier, like romance. It was that that was pretty bad. Speaking of his stomping grounds, though, he said he grew up in this neighborhood, and this is yeah. like his town. He knows all the people here. They're in Tokyo, right? The yeah. whole movie takes place in Tokyo. Tokyo is like one of the biggest metropolises. Is that a word? Yes. It's one of the biggest in the world. Yeah. Massive, yeah. massive, massive, massive metropolitan area. Huge city. 
but that's his town. He knows every single place. They go uptown, they go downtown, they go to the palace on the edge of town, and they go to the like drug place with the fish market on the other edge of town. And there's always something on the edge of town or downtown or in town. And he knows every single one of these places and where everybody works and where to go meet the contacts across all of Tokyo. And also, well, it's a the Seagal funny- movie. The funny thing also I like is that he like grew up here. It's not like he's been living here for 20 years. It's he grew up here. So we have to assume that like not only did eight year old Seagal know the entire like metropolitan area of Tokyo, but he like knew the criminal like CD like Yakuza hangouts. It wasn't just like <laughs> yeah. I grew up here and it was rough. It's like from when he was here at age 12, he well, has these Yakuza well, contacts. At one what point kind of he... to- like, yeah. He meets up at one point with, I, th- I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was like the one of the heads of the Yakuza, one of the old bosses. And the old boss says that he also wants to get rid of this young boss who's causing troubles. Yeah. And they make a bet. And they say, like, who's going to kill him first? And then that, that doesn't come back up again. Is that which, the scene whatever, but... where they, they drink sake out of the wooden square? Yeah. Cups? Okay. Yeah. I wondered what was happening there. Yeah, well, it didn't matter because it Japanese. doesn't come back up. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think, Aaron, but, um, overall, the only thing that you really truly missed was, like, some, like, funny dialogue during, like, the final sword fight. Except I did. I'm not sure if you got <laughs> this one. Uh, when he's talking to his, like, when he's with the gal at the, like, there's at this, like, restaurant, like, this karaoke bar or something. But there's, like, this guy, like, kind of like a comedian performer on stage. It, I loved him. I didn't okay, know what he said. He makes a joke like, this is Robocop doing karaoke or something. And he does this, like, really cool, like, you know, robot dance. Like, it's actually really impressive. Oh, he, the yeah. way he could move his that face. That guy was, was so Yeah, his cool. eyebrows. Yeah, More of he, him. Oh, but then immediately after that, the very next shot is Seagal sitting at a table with his fiance, And behind him in the background is, like, this massive fish tank with topless women yeah. swimming around <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> But I like the dude doing the robot. Because, he was on. I assume he was just like he's like a guy who is like a nightclub performer in Japan that they just brought on for the movie because yeah. he was really good in that role. I mean, he was awesome. I want I want to see more of him. Yeah, he was. By great. the way, for everyone listening, this is like a side character that's on screen for like seven seconds. Yeah, uh, best Absolute, seven seconds. One, in the movie. Not even close. <laughs> I had no idea what he was saying. I was laughing. Very I had successful the comedian. I still didn't really fully understand what he was saying, but like I was having a good time. <laughs> Um, can we go back to the to the cutting off the pinky okay. scene real quick yeah i guess you mean the well, rubbing the I ketchup just, on your pinky uh, knuckle scene so I, I i you know what i can even ignore how how poorly the you know poor i shouldn't say poorly done. It wasn't no like it was really bad, bad. You know, it's obvious it's like high school play <sighs> okay, well it kind of stuck that out bad, because but, some elements of this movie are actually quite good yeah, that's fair. I think, but that's not like it's it's stupid because that's not even my problem with it. My problem with it was that he has this little itty bitty yes. paring knife, and he takes the very, like the very tip, knife. the very 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 tip of it, and cuts off his cuts through his 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 joint and his bone, and and it's cuts for, his tip well, of his pinky off. There, you uh, don't have any leverage. The way he was doing it, I don't, I can't. It, it's difficult without having it like right in front of you. But well, you post a screenshot of it. He touched it with a little itty bitty tip of this knife. I thought it was fine. Have you ever worked with a high quality knife? You can't get leverage on a knife like that that way. There's no way you can cut through your entire pinky. I thought it was fine. There's no way. 
They're in like a, a fish processing plant. Like you can. I get know, sharp but it's like a little so tiny little paring like knife. You can't butcher. get enough leverage. The way he did like it, there's no Wick, way you can cut through your he pinky. He cuts off his finger in like John Wick two or three. He like grabs a butcher knife and just goes like ah, chops it off. This guy like yeah, this yeah, guy but that's cuts a but that's a, like a, dice, a big meat uh, cleaver. Like the way you dice garlic. Yeah, exactly. And it just I, it, I can't I can't get I I I didn't even notice how bad the the what you're saying the ketchup packet blood was i could only think about how you absolutely could not cut through your pinky like that with a knife I, like actually, that actually this does remind me though there was one shot that i thought hans would like point out that he hasn't pointed out yet maybe he maybe he just hasn't gone to it yet but towards the beginning when they're having to call review the security camera footage just because like the classic <laughs> zoom enhance zoom enhance i know that's oh the thing that bothers you Oh, but it's, it's not even so the classic bad. zoom and hands. He he walks in. They're like the first of all. First. He walks up to the crime scene because the CIA has him investigating the death of a governor. It looks like this has happened days ago because the governor's body is gone. But there are still pools of blood in the lobby, and there's like caution tape up around them. And he like they're they're taking photographs of no body but blood on the floor, which whatever so he looks up says oh there's a security camera can you get me that footage so they go and look at the security camera as if no one's done that yet whatever he's the best they go and look at the security camera footage and it's this blurry 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 photo of the, the guy that shot the governor running out the or not either running out the door or he was already on the back of the motorcycle that went out the door it doesn't matter and he says, now, go and zoom in on that gold chain on his neck yep. or something like that. And you can't even see a gold chain on the guy's neck because the image is so blurry already. And then it just, inst it's not even like a zoom and enhance scene. It's like from a different a, angle. Yeah, it's an insta-cut from blurry it's image like... to perfectly clear picture from a different angle of the guy's neck and you can you can make like out the symbol like a video on the chain on around like, his like neck something like a texture hasn't loaded and it's blurry 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 but pops like pops in <laughs> and then like it pops you, in your place yeah you're not even kidding they're As, zooming in and like they do zoom for a bit like they have the footage they're zooming in it's very blurry it's getting yeah. blurrier and then just like cut to like a whole other like shot of this necklace in like 8k <laughs> oh, so like ultra 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 hd like perfect quality <laughs> so Oy. bad <laughs> i was surprised that didn't come up earlier i'm like i know that's something that annoys hans yep no it most certainly did well no i was just saying it's weird that we've been talking about this movie for this long and we have not talked about seagal's sidekick at basically at all that's because he doesn't he, really matter he not be in this movie and it would be the same movie seagal acts like he's not in the movie <laughs> well yeah. no, i mean so there are a couple things like that in this movie like what is this it leads me to a question what is this movie? Couldn't tell you. Like, nothing. What, Don't care. What is it? It's actually? a nothing movie. Well, no, like, it is. What are the essential it's, moving it's a, parts? It is a nothing movie with a decent boss fight at the end no, that makes it up is, for it. Here, more specific, it's not just a nothing movie. It is a movie that basically just was hastily rewritten to not plagiarize another movie. That is what it is, and that is what <laughs> explains every part that we've talked about so far yeah that's yeah because they're like oh we just need to make well, a movie yeah. about like the yakuza with seagal in it sorry actually according to the poster i don't know if this is on all posters but at least on the imdb version of the poster only one man can oh. stop the yakuza i will man, point out I'm he gonna, does not I'm, stop the yakuza I'm, one of the ending scenes is literally just the induction ceremony of like the old yakuza guy still getting to be in charge <laughs> like he just stops like this new yeah you know uh 
angel investor, like, you know, startup, Slightly you know, more neo version of the Yakuza. Yakuza yeah. is still around. Only one thing is the Yakuza, but he does not even yeah. actually attempt to stop them. Oh, but that's okay, because he's friends with the good, the good Yakuza, the old guys. Um, But that's my take on what the movie is, is that they're like, I don't know, put out some Yakuza movie, I guess, get Stevens a call. Maybe Japan will care about his theatrical release. I don't know, I just felt like they're... He's wearing a really bad trench coat in this one. Some... It's a really bad trench coat. It's honestly, I don't know how the costume department let him wear that. That's uh, what we just we talked earlier about how all the costumes in this movie are phenomenal, and then you have Seagal who stands out just because the his worst. is also, the worst, and it's so obviously different. It doesn't match the theme of it as no. is usual. It doesn't match the theme of anyone else's costumes. This would be like the one movie where he can wear like some weird Asian appropriation thing, and it would have made sense. Yeah, and he just does it. He wears he a wears leather like trench coat. An American leather trench coat. Speaking of just a missed opportunity, this isn't with him. This is with the movie poster. I just want to talk about the poster real quick. He's like walking away from like a flaming car. Oh, please, let's talk about the poster. So it's Steven Seagal into the sun with like the Japanese like rising sun like flag, you know. As he's walking away from the sun, but whatever. Yes. Yes. As he's walking <laughs> well, he's away walking from away from an exploding car. I don't think that was ever in the movie. I don't remember like the big car explosion like that. that no, it never happened. Again, continuing the no. trend of his posters, just depicting things that don't, I don't happen. Think there were any explosions? But also, he's walking away in the trench coat, and he has a photo. They have photoshopped onto him like that. He has this gun slung over his back, which he never he uses use. in the movie. So this is what I'm wondering: is like he literally does have a actually fairly decent amount of time, like. He doesn't just pick up a sword and use it for five seconds. He uses a sword for a not insignificant amount of time. How do they not have Steven Seagal with a katana strapped to his back? Like, when they're making this poster, <laughs> why did they choose to put a gun that doesn't appear in the movie when we've already had a thousand posters what? of Seagal with guns? Why did they... The selling... Selling. Quote, you know, the, I don't know who you're selling yeah. it to. Aaron's dad. Um, <laughs> but the... Like, the thing that would differentiate this, the thing that would, like, actually kind of, like, maybe make the poster interesting would be, like, oh, Steven Seagal with, like, Katana's, like, he's going to do some sword battles. And I have no idea why that's not the poster. It could be the same exact no, poster. Well, what the poster like should be. Back instead of this gun. What the poster should be is just all the young Yakuza guys, like, leaning on a big desk in their coolest Actually, what this whole movie like... should be is just yeah. a fashion show for the young Yakuza guys. And there's nobody kills each other. There's no <laughs> Steven Seagal. There's, like, no fiancé plot or anything. It should just be like young, oh, cool Japanese much, guys like dressing like really fun. I would watch that movie much better. <laughs> it's about the young upstart like yakuza guys fumbling their way through all these assassinations and stuff, hanging out in their like PS2 yes. hideout trying yes. to figure out how to make it into the big times. <laughs> that would be so like cute. that's I would a much love cooler that so movie. Much. That'd be a great movie. I would even all the same actors. Absolutely. I think all Except of Skull. the like the Japanese actors. I think they did a great job in this. Um. Again, I can't understand the language. That's a big part of it. Um, so I, I might be a, like a bad judge of their acting skills. But like, I thought they but did a good job. At least with like the physical so stuff. Because like well, even even you could tell by their facial expressions. They're they, at the very least they're they're acting. They're acting. I, doing I, and things. Maybe that's a maybe that's a really terrible way to describe it. I, I don't mean to sound demeaning. It's in compa- I'm comparing it, I guess, to Seagal who. Yeah isn't acting <laughs> even if i can't understand what they're saying because i'm a stupid idiot and can only speak english they're they're playing the part and i believe yeah. the part that they're playing they're doing a great job i, I yeah. think you're absolutely right 
And well, and that is evidenced by, I mean, I don't want to get into this part of the episode that we always get into talking about where, like what happened to all these people. Cause I did a little bit of research into some of the actors and actresses who were in this movie. And a lot of them went on to do really big stuff or had already done big stuff before doing this movie. I don't know how they got wrangled into this. <laughs> like in this movie is Jackie Kuriyama, who was in Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Like she was like the main Yakuza lady in um, she plays Ayako, uh, who I honestly oh, I could not tell you the governor. who that is in this movie. I sure. think so. Okay. Cool. But she later on in life, uh, she would play the uh, one of the main baddies. Oh, in, she was uh, Kill Bill. Oh, oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, she's also in Battle yeah. Royale. Oh yes, <laughs> those are both before this one. Wow, there are some hmm. famous actors in this. Huh. Like shows in Full Metal Alchemist. The they were lied to. They were told Steven Seagal is this huge American action star, and it'll be a really Which, good deal to be in his movie. He's and a very famous was... American action star. This is <laughs> definitely not her biggest role, but oh, I love this. She also had a voice role in Shadows of the Damned. The uh, Goichi Suda and Shinji Mikami produced. Uh, like Xbox 360 or PS3 uh, third-person shooter. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these people have done... That's good. I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, do we want to wrap up our thoughts on the movie and officially talk about the... Uh, my, I guess my final thought on this movie is, like, there is artistry here. Like, there were people working on this movie who were trying very hard to make a good movie. And in some places, and I would say in many more places than we've recently mm -hmm. seen in these yeah. Seagal films, they succeeded in making something artful yeah, and definitely. something like worth watching. It is This movie is just so much held back by trying to be a Seagal vehicle. There is no reason that this needs to be about an American at all. Like None of the American characters matter. If this were a straight-up Japanese movie, I would have enjoyed and it there, way more. That's not the first time it's happened. Yep. We've talked about this movie as, like, you know, has some good parts in Skull yeah. Runs. Like, that's not a new observation. But this might be, like, the worst it's been. No. Because, like you said, he shouldn't even it's be there plot-wise, real-life-wise. Like, just, it would be better without him. Like like I said before, we haven't even talked about his sidekick. Because his sidekick, this American guy, either. an FBI agent operating in Japan. Who doesn't that speak makes any sense. Japanese. Um, who doesn't speak. He's, he describes himself as a field agent who speaks no Japanese at all. He speaks Spanish to various Japanese people throughout this movie. <laughs> okay, but... He knows absolutely nothing. He is terrible at his job. He gets himself killed at the halfway point. Well, it's because he didn't do it like, way. He does not matter to this movie. No, it... He does get kicked in the head, it... which was very funny. Like, from a standing position, one of the new Yakuza guys, like, kicks him in the head from a standing position and it was pretty funny no, he has value for um, that and one of my favorite lines in the movie is when seagal just like is like hey just like wait outside for a bit and he's just like standing next to these like these random like japanese like business dudes and he's just like what's up dog and they're like what and he's like uh, never mind that part is pretty funny <laughs> don't don't worry about it so there's a couple of yeah, moments with him but yeah, he, it. it very much is like an actually pretty fun like yakuza uh thriller um that just happens yeah. to have like Seagal like bumbling through it, very poorly delivering lines, having full his fully clothed sex with a woman much younger than him, um, saying, <laughs> uh, I don't 
needlessly half naked women telling him in the how background cool he is, saying I don't like to fight. I'm all about nonviolence, and then immediately fighting somebody. The next scene, like all of the Seagal things. The opening, the opening title sequence has a naked woman's butt. Why? Like there was a good movie here. Yeah, there could have been a really good movie. Like at least. Not even, okay. I won't. I'm not gonna say like there's a secret masterpiece hidden yeah, within Into the Sun. Like, crime thriller. But like there were a lot of people involved in this movie who were trying very hard and had the capacity to make a good. It's film. like a decent crime thriller way down by Seagal. Without Seagal, it'd be like a pretty solid like crime thriller. Yeah. Did you know that there was a 1991 action movie called Into the Sun? Yeah, because I almost it, watched it on accident. I kind of kind of wish i had watched that instead i mean i wish i watched this yakuza film that they plagiarized so this sounds kind of fun a fighter pilot is reluctantly paired with a hollywood actor who's researching a role but are forced to team up for real after being shot down and thrust into combat that sounds fun it's like the opposite of barry oh i was gonna say it reminds me of that episode (laughs) of um archer when he's paired up with this actress or when lana's paired up with this actress but actually she's like (laughs) who's a russian plant Speaking of Barry, oh, season four, oh, season four is dark. Um, so Hans, any other final thoughts on this movie before we kind of do our whole favorite quotes, actors, who they are, where they aren't? Uh, I no, I still think this is it. It's just kind of boring through until you get to the end. A whole bunch of stuff happened that didn't need to happen, didn't really have a whole lot of reason to happen, and it didn't really tie together that well. But honestly, I I think that's because I was trying to pay too much attention mm. to the dialogue that didn't make any sense. And I, I really wish I had seen the movie that Aaron saw. Honestly, it was pretty great. I had a good time. When they when they teased a sequel, I'm like, yeah, I'd watch it. <laughs> um, I do have my this, favorite line, though. That's fine. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Favorite line. Wait, should we do actors um, and stuff first? Because let's do actors So you've pointed out okay, two of go them so far. It. You've pointed out Walter Peck, and you've pointed out... Um, yeah. Well, his actual name is William Atherton. Walter Peck is the character that he plays yes. in Ghostbusters. Well, okay, but I was going to say, like, <laughs> like, you pointed out, like, Walter Peck, and you pointed out, like, Gogo Yubari, but, okay, you pointed out Chiaki Kuriyama, you know, let's use the real name. Um, One that I do yeah. find fun, so the rookie, like, this cop, you know, what up, dog, I don't speak any Japanese, Um, he did play Warner Huntington of the Third in Legally Blonde. Oh, wait, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was did. four years before this one. Uh, he was another. He was in Pearl Harbor. Like he was in other things too. But like as soon as I saw that he like that it that was him from like Legally Blonde. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, huh. I can't believe I I forgot about it almost. Uh, I can't believe we haven't talked about it. One of the guys, one of the bad guys in here, his name was Kojima. Oh, uh, okay. I I will find any and excuse I, to bring up like a Hideo Kojima game. Like I don't just need. He has the same last name. There we go. Like, I was waiting for it. Come on, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to bring it in a bit. Um. Are you? <laughs> uh, Taco Osawa was in Sky High. That was a pretty fun, like childhood flick. Oh, oh totally, yeah, totally different Sky High. Oh, well, that would help oh. if I. I'm gonna edit that part out, and I'm actually gonna edit it out <laughs> when, when I have control. Hans, <laughs> he would leave that in to do me dirty. No, 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 no. Only when it benefits the. Only when it benefits the community. He time. was, however, in the same year that he filmed Into the Sun. He was in March of the Penguins. Nice. Wait, what? March of the Penguins? What was he in March of the March Penguins? March of the Penguins. <laughs> Not the Surf's Up Penguin movie? March? No. Who was in March of the Penguins beside the Penguins and Morgan Freeman? Uh, <laughs> what did he do in March of the Penguins? <laughs> he played Chi-Chi the Penguin. <laughs> what? Wait, what? what? 
What? What are you talking about? March of the Penguins. You remember March of the Penguins? Yes. I do. It was narrated by Morgan Freeman, wasn't it? There were a whole bunch of people in this. Um, I remember Morgan uh, Freeman and I remember Penguins. Did we watch a different? So, is this a different March of the Penguins? No, it's it's the Morgan Freeman March of the Penguins. And look, when I look at the cast, it's all just different different narrators for different languages. Oh, is there, are some, you sure? Some, oh, there are some of these people. No, he didn't do the narration. He played a penguin. Some of the penguins. No, there weren't any. You play a penguin. <laughs> the penguins didn't have voices. Some. Some of these people play penguins. You are speaking insanity. (laughs) What are you looking at right now? Send us a link. I'm looking at the IMDb page for Marsh the Penguins. (laughs) I'm looking at the IMDb page for Marsh of the Penguins, and the only cast I can see here are the different narrators for different languages. No. So, uh, Hikari Ishida played Haha the Penguin, Adrian Killian played a penguin baby, Andrea Catherine Lewig played a penguin mother, Takao That's not, that's the different Chichi narrators the for the different, it says German version, the Indian version, Italian version, Danish version. I think those are just the no. different narrators. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Look at this. I don't believe you. Are we... They made a sequel? Interesting. Really? Oh, it came out on Hulu in 2018, apparently. I... Okay. We're... A lot of these people play penguins. I need to rewatch. Apparently, are they you, needed some people Are to you accidentally looking at the Happy Feet I am? That was mine. <laughs> it's not Happy Feet. It's March <laughs> of the Penguins. <laughs> I don't know what they did. He's just credited as Chi-Chi the Penguin. okay wait 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 okay 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 from wikipedia the original french language release features a romanticized first person narrative as if the story is being told by the penguins themselves the narration alternates between a female and a male narrator speaking the alternate roles of female male penguin and as the chicks are born their narration is handled by child actor jules citruck the style is mimicked in some of the international versions for example in the hungarian version blah 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 provide the voice of the penguins i'm sorry uh, Akos Kosegi, Anna Kubik, and Gabor Morvai provide the voice of the penguins. And the German version, as seen in the German movie theaters, uses the voices of Andrea Loewig, Thorsten Michaelis, and Andrian Killian for the dub dialogue. The style of narration is also used for the Danish and Cantonese DVD versions. So in America, we got Morgan Freeman narrates. It looks like in oh, other wow. languages, they have this like being told so i'm assuming there's like mom dad and kid penguin in like each version interesting okay welcome to watch of the penguins the march of the penguins podcast (laughs) well hey you learned something new learn something new i that's all right wacky i sorry we doubted you aaron i will be the first to formally apologize thank you i accept your apology so yeah, the same year he was voicing the penguin in the penguin documentary, he was in <laughs> the sun. That was Taco Osawa, by the way, for all that stuff that we went through. Um, any other? I mean, some of these people, I am. I, we've done this before. I mean, I have done this before. Talked about this in some of the previous movies, which were filmed by international teams. Mm-hmm. I am sure that some of these actors and actresses mm, are incredibly famous actually like i'm looking at uh, kosuke toyohara 
uh, who in this played uh, Udomio Oh, and I don't know who that was. One of the Yakuza guys. Uh, and he has 122 acting credits, and he's still making movies and stuff. Oh, he was in Tokyo Vice, oh. the the TV series with um, what's his name? Yeah. Wait, I have a thing I can click on that just tells me his name. Ansel Elgort. Oh, fun! A reporter in Japan. I've never seen that. One. It was all right. I do like that here. Um, Eddie George, who plays one of the uh, his buddy, who's like killed in the opening scene. That like does not matter at all. Um, his like war buddy. Yeah. Um, he was a professional football player and also has appeared in an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, which I enjoy. I'm not going to say that's his biggest, oh, that's most cool. successful role, but I enjoy that one. Um, mm. We've talked about William Atherton, Walter Peck. I'm sure he did other stuff, but moving on. Um, oh, the one thing I did notice, I'm not uh, looking at actors and such, um, but the director of this actually didn't. I didn't see many other feature length films. But he has directed a lot of music videos. I guarantee you, you have seen like multiple of the music videos that he has directed. Christopher Morrison, oh. um, for example, one, he uh, was the videographer for No Scrubs by TLC. So, okay. you know, that alone. Um, but yeah, he's worked with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Old Air Bastard, Jay-Z, um, uh, R. Kelly, um, LL Cool J, Buster Rhymes. Like he had DMX. Nice. Oh, oh, that's interesting, actually. He directed the music video for Ain't No Sunshine by DMX, which was featured in Exit Wounds, which that was like the main oh, wow. like, track anytime DMX appeared on screen. That's a fun connection. Um, Aaliyah, Queen Latifah, Brandy, like Usher. He's got like a lot specifically, like a lot of like the hip hop community that he's done music videos for. Um, and then a Japanese Steven Seagal film. Yeah. What in the world? I don't know how that fits. The in there. composer for this music by uh the Stanley Clark for this movie. Remember we said in the opening sequence like the music's on a loop? Yeah. Stanley Clark. So I was looking I clicked on his name and I thought I'm sad that I might see like a whole bunch of garbage in yeah. here. Uh no, actually. Uh he was the composer for Boys in the Hood, <laughs> Trans the Transporter. Um, Static Shock, the TV nice. show. Nice. Also, a five-time <laughs> Grammy win- winner. Yeah. Wow, this guy's very accomplished. Dang. He like, did the music for of... Static Shock, so he's also like basically my f-ing hero. But... I guess he just kind of phoned it in on this one, huh? Well, let's not make assumptions. Well, I mean, I don't know. wait. Maybe he likes the music that he made. For Hold this. on, have we talked about Akira Tarao yet? No. A Japanese musician, singer, and actor. He is the only male actor to have received both the Japan Record Award and the Japan Academy Award for Outstanding Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role. But the thing that first drew my attention is that he was in Dreams by Akira Kurosawa, which oh. is soon getting a Criterion 4K re-release. That alone. He also doesn't have a photograph on IMDb. Dude, no, this dude is my hero. Amazing. He also worked under Akira Kurosawa and Ram. People who have done, like, really... They're accomplished people. I don't know why we're this. still surprised by this, but well, because I thought those days were over. That's true. Not quite over. I yet. thought we. Were Although I will point out, we kind of lost track of this. We haven't been keeping up on this. We probably saw Seagal's last run, but I'm not sure when it was. I don't know if we like took notes on like if he ran in a movie or not. 
He didn't run in this one. I don't know if we're seeing him run anymore. He did seem to exert some effort, quotation marks around that. I have noticed, so I, I'm i not going to pretend to be an expert in Aikido or pretend to know like really what Aikido is. And I'm not going to say Aikido is just like vaguely flailing your arms at another person. But it is very convenient for Steven Seagal that Aikido action scenes in movies can just look a lot like kind of flailing your arms at another person flailing around. before you randomly like get the hit that just like breaks all of their bones and like crushes their spine. <laughs> yeah. It's very convenient for him that he can just kind of and that can be his like whole day on set. So he did seem to put some effort into this, but I, we have not yet seen the final days of him actually having like talented actors on board. Um, we probably saw his last day running. I know for a while Hans is pretty good about keeping on track of that. I don't know the last time he ran, but it hasn't happened in a minute. He hasn't done it in the last like four movies. I don't think it's happening. Well, um, I just, I do, cause we've talked about it before. Uh, I want to give props to the, uh, the costume designer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Chantika Kong Silawat. I'm sure I pronounced that incorrectly. Um, who did costumes for the hangover part two, but not the first peak hangover. Um, do we want to talk about our favorite quotes and uh, movies you should watch instead? Sure. Okay, go Hans. My favorite quote is probably preceded by my least favorite line from this movie. Is that how it always is? So he's like, I don't even remember where this was, but there he walks in, there are a bunch of baddies and he starts antagonizing them. And they're all eating sushi. Yes. <laughs> and he looks he looks down at the sushi and it's just like normal sushi. And he says, you really eat this crap? And I like, uh, it just hurts because it's so stupid. But then immediately after that, he grabs the chopsticks off the sushi plate and jams them into this guy's neck and goes, these your chopsticks? <laughs> like it's a question. That's my favorite line. Um, I had that as one of the lines pointed out here. Because it's even worse. He says, what is this? Sushi? You guys really eat this crap? And I'm just thinking, uh, you're the guy who's been talking about how you were like raised here and you know these streets better than anyone else. And you react yeah. to sushi in the year 2005? Yeah. I just... Oh, uh, so irritating. I, like, I don't even... I can't even describe why that's so irritating. It's just so irritating. Movie you should watch instead of this one? Oh, man. Pretty much anything. But I'm going to have to go ahead and recommend The Big Lebowski. No. <laughs> has nothing to do with this movie. I feel like yours are getting less and less connected, like, every episode. Just like, ah, oh, here's a good movie. It is a good I, movie. I and I, uh, I've i been thinking about it, and I need to go back and rewatch it. It's been a minute. Okay. Um, Aaron? Uh, my favorite uh line from this movie was everything that was in japanese that i didn't understand respect because <laughs> it's significantly added to my enjoyment of this movie and the movie you should watch instead is the yakuza from 1974 mm. <laughs> which is apparently this movie but didn't have to be edited to not be that movie fair enough i'll give you that I've not seen it. I have no idea if it's good. I'm sure it's better. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> it's probably better than this one. So my quotes, I like the one I did have, what is a sushi you really eat this crap? Because again, that just stuck out as insanely weird. Um, but also when he's with his fiance in the park right before he proposes, I really liked that they're in the park and you might not have gotten this. I can't remember. This might have been in Japanese. And she says, should we walk a little? And he says, no, no, let's sit. I have something I want to say. Because it's just very funny given this context of like <laughs> knowing that Seagal's like last ten years are infamous for like him refusing to get out of a chair while filming movies. Now I'm just making sure that, that it that wasn't even like the You can't walk and that talk. That wasn't the take. Sit in talk. any other movie they would like walk and talk about this. But this wasn't even like, you know, dialogue. This wasn't like actually in the script. She's just like, Should we 
we have this whole park like set like should we're filming on location should we walk a little and he's like no no I'm sitting so i laughed because of that one <laughs> movies i haven't said within the first five seconds i was thinking tropic thunder because i'm just watching the opening scene and i'm like this just feels no. like i'm just picturing like ben still crying like you're you're my, you're my brother like so you should watch tropic thunder instead and i was gonna say no any, one should watch tropic thunder. i was gonna say any akira kurosawa film but that was going to originally be like like Seven Samurai or like Yojimbo or something that like has like sword fights and the yeah. samurai in it. But now seeing this actor like appearing in Dreams, you should watch Dreams. So a Kurosawa film, but not the one I was expecting when I first thought that. Or you should play Sleeping Dogs. Go. I'm counting that one. You should play Sleeping Dogs instead of watching this. Play, play Sleeping Dogs. Dogs instead of watching yes, absolutely. Tropic Thunder. Oh, no. Instead of Tropic No, do both. You can do both. Put Tropic Thunder no. on while I play Sleeping Dogs. Okay, anyway, that concludes this no. podcast. That concludes Waking dogs the sleeping dogs fan cast <laughs> in addition to those ones yeah. another one similar to aaron i have another movie that i haven't actually seen yet but i'm sure is better um if i did my math right this episode should be releasing some weeks from now but it should be releasing two weeks after mission impossible <laughs> dead reckoning has come out in the theaters oh, go watch mission impossible because i'm not mm. even kidding we talked about before about how it kind of ruins it when like you're watching like these movies and then you go watch like john wick or like something like a good action or jason Bourne or whatever and then you come back to this yeah i had something very similar a new mission impossible dead reckoning part one trailer came out today so not even a whole movie but i watched like the first <laughs> half of this movie and then i watched the trailer for mission impossible dead reckoning part one and then going back to this i'm like oh this is so much worse so really in truth my movie listener who is you know our most devoted fan the steven heredals who is listening like the day this drops mission impossible dead reckoning part one is in theaters right now you should go watch that instead of this go movie. watch that. go watch dead reckoning part one don't even finish this episode yeah, stop pause i don't care if there's like five <laughs> seconds left or you can listen to the podcast in the car if you're currently driving to the theater now to go watch Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. But only if you're Rebecca Ferguson has eye patch in right this now. one. It's going to be so hype. Rebecca it's Ferguson gonna, oh, with an eye patch. It's going to be the movie of the year. This is Mission Impossible, the Mission Impossible <laughs> fan cast. This is, I don't like the Scientology, but damn, this Tom Cruise guy can act. The Tom Cruise fan cast. <laughs> Season two, Tom Cruise. That's a real contender. Oh, so, right after we do Adam Sandler. I'm going to like have to move this to the front of the episode. Hit pause. Get in your car. Look up Showtimes. Get in the AMC app or Cinemark or whatever. Go find the closest, you know, the soonest show in a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Go watch that. You can listen to this on your way to the theater. Yeah. And for when our podcast is a, a cult hit and we have millions of, of followers after we're dead or whatever. Uh, Why do we have to be dead? We just go rent it. <laughs> oh, what was that? What was that detail? <laughs> I thought it that'd be a call hit like five years from now. <laughs> anyway, what were you gonna say though? After we're long dead. Oh, you just go rent oh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> just hook up Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One into like your brain tube and watch it in the metaspace. <laughs> Where you can you know, go dispense your Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 tablet and eat it, and then you'll know the movie. Yeah. I still I haven't watched the trailer. I assume that's how movies I will be to. consumed in the future. They'll be literally consumed. And you can probably watch Part 2 as well. I'm assuming <laughs> that came out. I don't know. Watch Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning That only part comes two. out as eye drops. They move from uh, tablets <laughs> to eye drops. But you do have to join the Church of Scientology to be allowed to watch that one. Yeah. That's how they're going to get me. I mean, you have to do that to do anything now. Yeah. I mean, to use roads. Yeah, ever since they took over the government and all yeah. major religions. Man, I hope we're dead when that happens. <laughs> what a weird time we we live in where Scientology rules everything. Uh, make sure to check your Thetan levels daily. 
and um join us next week oh i don't actually know what what's i don't look ahead you don't look ahead you don't look no to when scientology rules i think what movie do i have to watch today what's it called and i forget the title three times as i'm searching for it honestly (laughs) submerged and then i find like three other movies with that same title which are probably better than what i'm about to watch oh this looks so are we back on a submarine Oh, this looks so hey, bad. Hey, Under Siege 2 looked really bad if you're just looking at the poster. Oh, that's okay. He found the enemy on the wrong side. The wrong side of... Isn't that why they're the enemy? What? His name is Chris Cody with a K. <laughs> okay. Um, join us next week for Submerged, where Agent Chris Cody Banks is finds an enemy on the wrong <laughs> side. I get ah, uh, oh, is, uh, come, welcome. Uh, join us for Under Siege Three: Submerged. I don't, I, oh, this, I'm not looking forward to this one. Which means, knowing the history of this podcast, it's actually going to be like my favorite. But I'm not looking forward to it. So. <laughs> okay. Good night. That means one of us has to die. Hey everybody, welcome to Steve and See It All again, the Steve and See It All fan cast. <laughs> hey everybody, listen to Steve and Don't See It All. Um, this is the, the post show when we talk about Steve and See It All. Steve for the love of all that is holy, do not see it all. <laughs> <laughs>